What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about a new partner alert that we have going on with DNVR. We've partnered with the premier dispensary for you guys with smoking hot deals. That's our friends over at Solace Meds. Solace Meds has four convenient locations, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And Solace has some banging deals this month, guys. Here's what you can look forward to. 20% off all Glacier Constant traits two for $25 off koala and solace 100 milligram bars 15% off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates and buy three get one free in the entire store and here's the here's the big thing guys if you use the magical code dnvr20 at checkout you'll get an additional 20% off your entire purchase even with those other discounts. So make sure to check them out. You can either go in store or visit them online. That's solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And you can purchase from there and make sure to use that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire purchase over at Solace Meds. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends over at MSU Denver Online, which is our presenting sponsor, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online and have it both in uncertain times, make money and work while earning your degree. MSU students can tell you all about it. They work double the hours while taking classes at any other school in Colorado. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm all right. I'm thinking today about, as I look out the window, I'm thinking about uh, the old joke that goes, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May, what do, what do May flowers bring? <laughs> what's the answer pilgrims <laughs> oh of course of although, course a dad joke right there although what happens what do may showers bring that's the question because it's yet another gray day even though i can look and see the flowers outside my window yeah another gray misty day in the mile high city we've had plenty of them but uh we're getting a lot of moisture which is nice yeah, Aaron Rodgers is like, what are you guys talking about? This 300 days of summer. I've been here the past couple of weeks and uh, hasn't been sunny at all. In fact, Mace, this weather reminds me of like uh, May weather out in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers must feel right at home when he's been visiting Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, 
He went, well, he would have been out there in Green Bay in May because he would have been a part of offseason work when it was going on this month. So he would know that what it was like. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers knows, for example, what March weather in Green Bay is like. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yes, it probably is. Probably tons of snow and tough driving yeah. conditions and uh, and terrible. But May, speaking of Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the news this past weekend. We touched on it, I think, yesterday. Yeah. But so, some things more that we need to unpack, Mace. What's the latest coming out of Green Bay? All right. It's come, this uh, came over the weekend from Tom Silverstein, a, a longtime pack reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And uh, he reports that in any trade of Aaron Rodgers, the Packers would want a quarterback to come back to green Bay as part of the deal. Now that's not really a surprise, but the fact that it's being put out there, I mean, I, first of all, let's just start with the fact that you have one of the longtime Packer beat reporters putting this nugget out there. Uh, that, that tells me that they're, they're, they're probably closer to acceptance yep. of trading Rogers than, uh, than they were a couple of weeks ago. So you're talking about the terms of it. The problem is, at least for the Broncos, where does this quarterback rank in terms of the priority list? And do the Broncos have enough at the quarterback position to where Green Bay would say that was sufficient? Especially, let's just say you've got a couple of other AFC teams that come into the mix the Las Vegas Raiders, and let's say the Miami Dolphins, even though Rodgers has indicated that he wants to go west. Both of those teams have more to offer at quarterback than the Broncos do. Mace, this is what I said this whole time. The Broncos have the upper hand in every single way with what they can offer, and also Aaron Rodgers is interested in them, except this one avenue, and that is if Green Bay wants a quarterback. Now, here's where the Broncos may be okay and may be able to get away with this, and that's if they want a quarterback to help continue to uh, to, to mentor and take Jordan Love on that route. Well, the Broncos have Teddy Bridgewater, and he could be a fine mentor. He could be a fine bridge quarterback pun definitely intended there to help Jordan love if he needs another year or two or he needs half a year this year and you want some veteran stability then boom Broncos may have one of the best ones out there in terms of Teddy Bridgewater cheap a guy that has uh, his contract is extremely flexible I mean it's only one year paying him four million dollars this is something that Green Bay could definitely get behind unless Mace unless the Packers don't think Jordan Love is the truth. And that's the type of quarterback they're looking for. They're looking for a guy that can be their quarterback for the long term, not just a bridge guy to Jordan Love. And Mace, if that's the case, while on one hand, if, they, if they're just looking for a bridge, well, Bridgewater may be perfect. If they're looking for the guy, Mace, probably every team that's going to be in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes would probably have a better option than the Broncos. Yeah, the truth hurts. And I know that uh, there are some precincts of Broncos country that remain optimistic about Drew Locke and uh, think that Drew Locke in such a deal would be uh, a a perfectly viable option, but not when compared with with Drew, with uh, Derek Carr, certainly. And even in terms of prospect viability, I think if you asked most teams and their executives around the league, which quarterback 
of Tua or Drew would you want if you had to take one of those two young quarterbacks? The answer would be Tua. Yeah, I I would certainly think so. But I guess here's some optimistic part uh, of putting Drew in a package for them is the Packers from all reports were very high on Drew coming out of the draft. And in fact, we're interested in drafting him in the second round, but the Broncos jumped up to grab him. So they may be higher on Drew than other teams around the league would be. So maybe there's a little more value there, but I mean, Mace, the value we're talking about for Drew is still maybe, you know, a third round pick probably at most right now. And that's not something that's going to, uh, to turn the trade market on its head for them. And they're going to just accept that and be thrilled with that. And so I think you're not only competing with guys like Tua, who there's more questions to, like you said, I think you're competing with the Derek cars of the world, instant starters. What have we said about Derek? He, he's very much a tier two quarterback, a guy that is an upgrade from, you know, more than half of the teams in the league, a borderline top 10 quarterback. And my guess is, the Packers believe that they could be a playoff team this coming year with Derek Carr. And here's the thing with Derek Carr is his contract's actually very team friendly. They can move on from him after this season and not have a, a dime of dead money. So it works out in that way too for Derek Carr. And then Mace, I'm still not writing off the San Francisco 49ers. They were interested in making this deal before the draft. In fact, just one day before the draft, they were interested in Aaron Rodgers. So even though they have Trey Lance there, I think that they would still be interested. And how valuable would Trey Lance be to the Packers? I mean, the Packers tried to replace Aaron Rodgers and find his replacement last year with Jordan Love. You got to tell me they would love to get a young guy, the third overall pick. So I think that is a huge barrier for the Broncos is convincing the Packers on either Drew, Drew's potential, or that Jordan Love is the guy and Teddy Bridgewater is the guy they need to pair with him. And then what the Broncos can offer is something that I don't think other teams can offer. And it's just the, all of this young talent that they have, plus all of these first-round draft picks. Well, the one thing with the 49ers is uh, maybe the Packers really don't want to trade Rodgers within the NFC. And there's been kind of that indication that if they do trade him, they don't want him in the conference. So if that were the case that would rule the 49ers out. The other interesting thing on that is the Packers do believe that that roster that they have right now can win even without Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously I don't think they believe it can win with a, with a fringe quarterback. You know, of course they brought in Blake Bortles and uh, Kurt Benkert over the last few days. And maybe it's, maybe Jordan Love is not is not ready to guide that team to any kind of success but Derek Carr would um maybe Tua Tagovailoa a year down a year uh down the road in his development would um and then on the 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo if that were the guy that came back in a trade would the, the, the interest the thing is though the 49ers probably don't want to trade Trey Lance but at the same time if they traded Garoppolo and and not Lance, then you have a Rogers Lance scenario, which is like Rogers and Love. So that I don't think yeah. that I don't think that would work. Um, and the the Forty yeah. ers don't have enough trade capital. And that, I mean, Trey yeah. Lance is their most valuable asset to trade. Right. Basically, Trey Lance is the equivalent of two or three first round picks, perhaps in any trade. And uh, if the Packers traded for Lance, they would have to find some way to. Uh, to bridge the gap because Lance probably isn't going to be ready 
uh, this year. And again, you got to get past the whole thing of the Packers uh, trading him to an NFC rival and, and, and a team in particular that was standing in their way just two seasons ago and prevented them from going to the Super Bowl against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs back uh, in Super Bowl 54. The Niners knocked them out. And the Niners, and there is a significant uh, playoff history between the Niners and Packers over the last decade or so. So I think that because of being in conference, that's one that I would say is unlikely. I think it probably really does come, really does come down to uh, uh, the Raiders or the, Dol- or the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are kind of a wild card in this and would require Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, I don't necessarily need to go West. I, I can, I can go elsewhere. Um, the Dolphins are, are interesting because of course, this is a team that uh, has accumulated draft capital over the years, uh, over myriad trades uh, that they've made. Uh, you know, for example, uh, Miami, Miami, of course, uh, they don't have the bounty of picks uh, that they that they once had, but they have the 49ers first round pick. And of course, they also have um, uh, that's the only one, but that's the only one because they don't have uh, the pick that they trade to Philadelphia, but they're sitting on San Francisco's first round pick and they're, and they've shown over the years, they're willing to deal. And again, Tua, at worst is probably worth the first round pick right now. Again, and a quarterback, the Packers want a quarterback and an asset that's worth more than the Broncos could provide. Denver would have to make up for would, would have to make up for for not being able to offer what these teams can offer at quarterback with probably more draft pick capital or more player capital. I mean, I think the uh, the deal that Albert Breer uh, put out uh, on uh, on his uh, MMQB uh, column over the weekend uh, involved Bradley Chubb, Dalton Reisner, and Drew Locke and three first round picks. Yep. Yep, I and would that, do that. That's o- I, that's overcoming, uh, you know, not having yeah. a top-notch quarterback. That is a strong offer. Yeah, it's a strong offer. And, I mean, I know someone said, oh, uh, someone tweeted at me saying, it's crazy talk that you do it. I'd be like, I'm not, no, that's not crazy. That's, it's actually not really that crazy when you consider what you're, what you're getting in Aaron Rodgers. And even the player capital, while it's significant, you're, and, again, it's going to hurt to lose uh, guys that you value with let's let's take for example Dalton Reisner okay if he's included in a trade does it hurt to lose him Colorado kid loves everything about the Broncos absolutely yeah but how much do you like Natani Muti Quinn Miners because you, you like him a lot if you like him a lot you say fine okay we plug one of them in the starting lineup to fill that hole Mace, even if you don't like yeah. one of those guys, you still do it. But I think between the two of them, the yeah. Broncos would, would feel very comfortable. And, and it would probably be Natani who would get the edge uh, this year, at least. But then you still have good depth there with, with Quinn. Mm-hmm. And then and then you move on to trading Bradley Chubb. Does that hurt? Yes, it does. Malik Reed showed that he could complement a premier guy on the opposite side last year. So you're starting Malik Reed and Von Miller. 
Yeah, fine. And that's okay. Uh, fine. That, yeah. That's to- and and then also, Mace, we've talked about how Von Miller. This could be his last year with the Broncos, but Bradley Chubb will be here for a long time. Well, then you just kind of flip that if you trade Bradley Chubb for Aaron Rodgers, because then you're saying, okay, well, obviously Bradley Chubb's not going to be here for the long the long haul. But Von Miller is probably going to finish his career here. The Broncos and Von would probably work out a deal that keeps him a Bronco for life with Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Yeah. And that that's another thing that you have to consider as well is that Aaron Rodgers being here probably means that Von Miller really wants to come back mm-hmm. and would do so at say, not, not a cheap price, but uh, perhaps 80% of, uh, of what he was making. The other thing that I think is interesting is that if you brought in Aaron Rodgers, and I know it's the old cliche about, uh, about complimentary football, but you bring in Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos are playing from ahead. Even if it's not Bradley Chubb on the other side, if it's Malik Reed, uh, Vaughn's back to his usual 11 to 15 sack self. He should just be. like that. I think yeah. so. Yeah, he, he really should be. As Vance Joseph would say, that's the, that's the winning football. Just get a lead. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, you know, people, we, we criticize Vance Joseph a lot, but the thing is he's not wrong in that. No, being he's ahead, not, but it's being kinda, ahead it's does create silly. more sex. Yeah. Being, being ahead does create more, more pass rush situations, more ideal pass rush situations. Yes. Yeah. It's just a silly philosophy because what coach comes out and says the opposite, what coach comes out and says, you know what, we're, we'd like to play from behind. <laughs> no yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, I just, I, I always thought that, uh, I always thought that, that what Vance said there made sense. There were some things he said that didn't make sense, make sense, but that one did. Although well, the interest, I, although the interesting thing is that one of those years with Vance Joseph, when you were playing from behind, you still had, you still had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb combined for 26 sacks. So, mm-hmm. so it did work. Just not at the, least yeah. they, at least they worked. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, worked. So, I can't say the, much for the rest of the defense that year, but they worked. So Mace, are, are we saying that uh, the Broncos are able to make up for a quarterback deficiency in this trade? If that's what green Bay is looking for by instead of just offering, you know, multiple first round picks, three first round picks and one player that it's three first round picks and two players. Albert Breer put out, uh, you know, Dalton Reisner to pair with Bradley yeah. Chubb. Could it also be let, let's say that, that the price goes crazy for Aaron Rodgers and other teams are in it. Could it be one of the receivers? And I'm talking, you know, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy and a Bradley Chubb. It could be now. And, and that being said, I, I would, ra- I would actually rather give up one of the receivers than give up three first round picks. I would say I, I would rather give up one of the receivers and then take a first round pick off the table. Okay. Why so? Why? Because if you do that, then you're sacrificing from a position where you have a lot of depth and you maintain a piece of the capital that allows you to eventually replace that player that you'd be losing. And one, th- one thing I think that is kind of of note here, if we're talking about a, a deal, and again, this is just kind of playing off the Albert Breer framework, a deal that involves quarterback and edge rusher and interior O lineman and a wide receiver. These are places where you can look at your roster and say, all right, we have someone viable who can come in and start. Maybe uh, the most question would be at guard 
but we know that they're high on Natani Muti, and I think we all would agree that uh, uh, they believe Quinn Miners is going to be starting at some point in the next, uh, probably at the most, a year and a half, somewhere on the interior offensive line. So what I'm saying is you look at these, at these spots and you've got obvious and capable players who can step in. I mean, Malik Reed. Is he everything that Bradley Chubb is? No. But is he a, a good, solid, productive edge rusher who complements well with another guy on the opposite side? Absolutely he is. I mean, and, and that isn't, and that says nothing about where Malik Reed could go in the future. I mean, he could get better. Uh, it's not hard to squint, look down the road and see Malik Reed having a Shaq Barrett like arc. No. And if you believe that, then you'd be okay with this move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely would be. And Mace, that, that's a great point. Look, the Bron- the Broncos would be pulling from their strengths, which, Mace, no one wants to lose these players. But in order to get Aaron Rodgers, it is a sacrifice that you would be willing to make. And and I do think we're talking about the extreme when we're talking about uh, an interior offensive lineman, a wide receiver, and a pass rusher. I really think at most it would be two of those guys. Now, maybe you're talking about all three if you're only doing two first-round picks and no second-round picks or anything. But if you're including three first-round picks, I really think it's probably just going to be one of those guys, maybe two, but I don't think it's going to be all three. But if it is... Even then, you're in a position where you can fill those holes and still compete right now. And what what people have to realize is just how valuable Aaron Rodgers is. And Mace, right now we're really just focusing on you know Broncos, Raiders, mm-hmm. maybe the Dolphins, maybe San Francisco. I have to imagine, I mean, how many teams are legitimately going to be in on this if Aaron Rodgers truly is available? That, that's why I'm kind of backing away from the, the, the fact that he may be traded, you know, right when June 2nd hits is I think that the Packers may want to get this thing rolling, have a lot of attention around it and have as many teams as possible make an offer so that they can get the most in return. And that's why we kind of talk about the most that the Broncos would have to give up. Right, and and the other thing is the fact that this kind of got out there. I think there's a little bit of an intent, a, a method mm-hmm. to this. I mean, yeah. First of all, it tells me that the Packers are kind of uh, down the road and accepting that Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to be wearing their uniform at any point in the future. Second of all, you start saying a QB has to come back, and maybe you're trying to tickle the buying bone of teams. And even if we focused on the AFC. We've named, of course, the we've named, of course, the Dolphins and the Raiders. Well, take a look around the conference. What about the New York Jets, for example? Now, this is a similar situation as the 49ers uh, being in this discussion because you're talking about they just picked a young quarterback in Zach Wilson. But what if that's a situation uh, that proves to be somewhat tempting? If we're talking about young quarterbacks coming back in a trade, what about the Patriots? And having just picked Mac Jones and they have Cam Newton on their, on their roster. Well, what if uh, this is something that interests Bill Belichick uh, who uh, maybe doesn't want to go through the process of building with a young quarterback and uh, would like to microwave uh, the Patriots back. The funny thing about the Patriots, I hate to think about that because I think if I, I think the United States of America as a whole would groan if the Patriots had Aaron Rodgers. 
after having Tom Brady for so long. But uh, you're Bill Belichick. You're approaching 70. Do you want do you want to uh, in, endure that? And oh, by the way, the other thing is we've always had that speculation of saying, what would Aaron Rodgers do if Bill Belichick was his coach? Well, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, who, yeah. And who else like who else could be in it? I mean, if, if, we're, if we're getting audacious, I mean. Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I mean, mm-hmm. there, yeah. there are a lot. And, you know, Cleveland is in good shape with a young quarterback of its own and Baker Mayfield. But what if they said, yeah, we can get Aaron Rodgers here. And, and that's the thing. Like, team, if they're trying to open it up and Aaron Rodgers is willing to go to more places than just going west. And that's a key, that's a key thing here. Because even though Rodgers doesn't have, doesn't have a no trade clause, if he is stubborn and says, I only want to go to team X or team Y, then effectively he does because no team is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers unless they know he's going to come in and wear our uniform. That, that is a prerequisite for the trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it, yeah. And that, that, that's key Mace is, yeah. is he does effectively have a no trade clause. So the Broncos need to just uh, lure him in and make mm-hmm. sure that green Bay knows that the Broncos are a premier desk or his preferred destination. If not the only destination he'll go to Mace, I'm really curious what, when you go through all these teams with young quarterbacks that, that they, they could offer. I wonder how much research the Packers did and how much homework they did on these first round quarterbacks this past year. Well, if they didn't do research over the past year, you hope they've done it in the past couple of months. Just so they know what they're, <laughs> for their sake that they know what they're, they're getting into uh, the, the thing like with drew lock, for example, if we know that the Packers had interest in drew lock a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, but we are now two years down the road with drew lock and there's two years of film and that two years of film shows a lot of the same issues that caused him to drop to the second round in the first place. And so it's kind of like, a car that you drive, a new car that you drive off the lot. Once you do that, it depreciates in value, right? I mean, and unless the car, unless the car suddenly transforms into a Maserati or a Porsche, then it is going to depreciate in value if that car is exactly what you what you thought it was before. And you know, Drew Lock for you know, with his ups and downs. He is the quarterback that uh, fell into the second round and that had some concerns uh, about his viability as a prospect and and went from somebody you were talking about being in the top 10 to somebody who went in the, in the second round. And there's uh, yeah, there's the potential for him to change that. But I would say that Drew Locke has not helped his value in terms of uh, being a via, viable on the trade market over, with his work the last couple of years. And uh I know people are going to maybe listen to this and think, oh, well, it looks like his footwork is better uh, in the practice film that the Broncos put out on Monday. Practice has never been the issue for Drew Locke. Being, ha- be, having good fundamentals in practice hasn't uh, been his problem. The problem is things that things break down in the chaos of, 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 of a game situation. And, it's, and we don't know if he's going to take these, these, these new fundamentals that he's learned, the improved footwork, we don't know if he's going to be able to take that and carry it over uh, once you've got uh, once you've got blocker blockers misfiring and guys bearing down on that, and that's the the big question. That's what we're not going to know until the summer or even the fall. 
Yeah. And so, so you hope that, that the Packers still have a favorable view of him and Mace, here's what you also hope is that if the Packers went back and did research on all the other young quarterbacks around the league, you hope that they don't love any of them and that, that they say, you know what, we, we love Jordan love just as much as any of these other guys. So why don't we get a big haul to surround Jordan love with, and also some first round picks so that if he doesn't turn out, then we can go get a quarterback in the future, even though the, the picks they're getting from the Broncos are going to be, you know, in the twenties, maybe even thirties Broncos hope it's number 32 pick. Uh, but that's still some ammunition to be able to move up into the first round for them whenever they decide on a quarterback. So you hope that's the route that they go is they want a quarterback in return, but when they evaluate all the quarterbacks, they say, you know what, we would just rather have a Drew Locke development guy or a Teddy Bridgewater to help bridge Jordan Love to being an NFL quarterback. And then we just want to surround him with talent. Exactly. And uh, ah, we'll see. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's, got a, it's got another couple of weeks to play out here and, uh, and maybe longer because like you said, if the Packers are entertaining multiple offers, maybe this takes a little bit longer. And if the Packers aren't are entertaining multiple offers, maybe this means the Broncos maybe not having to don't have to pay the price that Albert Breer suggests, but could have to give up a little more than they want. The question is, would they be willing to do it? I would be willing to do it because in part because you're potentially keeping him out of uh, the division out of the division with a rival because. The, I think we can all agree the worst case scenario in all this is Aaron Rodgers, Las Vegas Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that, if that happens, I, you know, I do fear that uh, the George Payton era might be over before it starts in terms of uh, uh, being a, being a viable contender, but we'll see. Yes, we certainly will see. And of course, you can get in on all of this action over at DraftKings Sportsbook and not just Aaron Rodgers stuff, but guys, it's playoff time and big stakes mean bigger promotions over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So it's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings is giving you a chance to lower the over for a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. So every better who hammers the over will help their chances of winning. So the best part is that even when the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. So get in on DraftKings Sportsbook. Do that now. And if we all do it, we can get that line all the way down to zero and guarantee ourselves some money there. So go to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that sign up, the, the over will be lowered by one point. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort, guys. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends uh, May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKingsSportsbook.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Want to also tell you about Gabby Insurance because when it comes to car and home insurance, you deserve better. Lots of members and staff at DMVR thought they deserved better as well, and they put their policy to test and turned to Gabby. And when they did, they found out that Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars. And Gabby, G-A-B-I, and it stands for Get 
a better insurance. Literally, it's easy to remember. Gabby Insurance. Getting better insurance means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates and will give you an apples-to-apples -apples comparison of your current coverage along with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Here's what you do. You take your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have, and it's free to use. It takes only minutes to do. Gabby customers, on average, save $961 per year on their insurance. Now, it's possible you might put your insurance info in through Gabby and find out that you're already paying the lowest possible cost for insurance. But you may find that there is a better deal out there, that there is a better insurance for you that will save you money. Think what you could do with just $500 extra in your pocket over the course of the year. Uh, Eric Weedham, D-Line Co. here at DNBR, saved over $1,300 with Gabby. Imagine what he can do uh, with that money. And oh, by the way, you don't have to worry about Gabby selling your info that you put in. So no spam, no robocalls. It's straight up. It's on the level. It's exactly, it's, it's legit. It's legitimate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you make, know that you're getting the best insurance po possible. So put your policy to test like we did and get a better insurance with Gabby. It's free to check out with no obligation. So go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Gabby.com slash DNVR. I told you there's no better place to get in on the action than our friends with DraftKings Sportsbook for the playoffs with uh, hockey and basketball. And there's no better place to get in on the coverage than over at thednvr.com. Guys, we have the best coverage. And last night's Avs game was quite a way to kick off playoffs out here in Colorado. And we had the best coverage. I mean, you had live pods after the game. You also had two articles that are on the website right now. And we're less than 12 hours after the game finished. So make sure to go to thednvr.com, become part of our family. And when you do, not only do you get the best coverage of Colorado sports, everything you get included with the membership, but you also get to support us. You also get to join the new DNVR Golf League. You also get access to the members only discord you also get extra raffle tickets at all of our watch parties just make sure to mention that you're a member and of course when you sign up for an annual membership you get a free dnvr shirt of your choice which are awesome and comfortable and then of course when you're at the bar make sure to get the uh, the member beer which is a 22 ounce beer for the price of a 16 ounce beer there are so many uh so many benefits to become a member with us and you get to support us and leave your comments on on this pod. So Mace, let's hop into the comment section now. First one coming in from Kentucky UDFA. Haven't listened to today's pod, so forgive me if it's been brought up. With the addition of Kelly Klein, do you foresee a possible female general manager and female owner in the Broncos' future someday? Wow. Uh, that's like with female general manager, when you just hired a general manager, that is like so far down the road here. Uh, you, George Payton has been on the job for, I mean, what, four, four months? Mm -hmm. yep. Look, actually, what you're hoping for is that the t if the, the, t that the team is successful over the next few years, and then Kelly Klein goes somewhere else to become a general manager because the Broncos are doing so well. That, yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's the, the realistic right. scenario that frankly, that, frankly, I'd be hoping for. Um, and, of course, female owner is something that is possible 
but it all comes down to whether the Bowen family can a get behind Brittany being the managing partner and B uh, make sure they have kind of the, the, the financial wherewithal to hold on to the team and, and keep it for the long term. So um, I, 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 I think the notion is terrific, but um, I think uh, at least with the, with the female general manager, when you just, when you just hire George Payton, that's, that's well down the road for the, for the Broncos. Uh, because again, if Payton succeeds, it's, it's more likely that Klein becomes the NFL's first general manager, but does not do it in Denver. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally agree with you, Mace. It, it, it's hard to imagine Kelly getting an opportunity here because you imagine if they move on from Peyton, right. that they would go outside of the organization because it didn't work out. And if Peyton mm-hmm. works out, then Kelly's probably get, has a chance to become the first female general manager in NFL history, but it wouldn't be here because George Peyton would be here. And in terms of the female owner, man, I, I wish we could see it happen, Mace, but I just, I don't think that it's going to be Brittany just with the family so divided right now. Right. And that's the thing. It's not that Brittany couldn't do a good job. I think she would do a very good job and be a very fine steward of the Denver Broncos and their legacy if she were the managing partner. But you're asking a family that appears to have all sorts of internal strife and squabbles to get behind her. And uh, and that Joe Ellis has been consistent in saying that that is something that needs to happen for the team to stay in the Bowen family is that they have to get behind Brittany and you still have a a lawsuit in place that is going to be heard here in a few months. So that doesn't seem like getting behind Brittany Bowen in any way. Yeah. Yeah, it it certainly doesn't. But great question, Kentucky UDFA. Next one coming in from Cody says, hey, guys, I can't say much about the man's talent or character, but I listened to an interview of Teddy B on all things covered, and he was boring. I was hoping for some excitement or something to get me going, but all that I was left with was boredom. After all the Watson hype and Rogers drama, I'm back to rooting for Locke. P.S. Should it bother me that he didn't even know how many people is on Mount Rushmore? Just asking. Mm. Well, I mean, that's not as fundamental a question as uh, like the one that Jared Goff failed a few years ago when he didn't know which, in which direction the sun set. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to that podcast. I, I want to hear I, I, I want to hear the context of the Mount Rushmore question before I jump <laughs> on him for that. The good thing is, is he's not a, uh, a historian interested in politics or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he's playing quarterback. So uh, that's kind of goofy that he didn't know that, yeah. but uh, I'm not going to knock him in terms of being boring. Yeah. Mace, that's what Teddy Bridgewater is uh, now, not necessarily as a person, but in some inter- in some interviews I've heard of him, he's not going to uh to win you over with you know crazy excitement and anything he's a a nice happy guy not nice happy go go lucky guy and the, i don't think there's anything wrong with that but when you listen to him compared to drew i think you're going to be much more fired up after listening to drew yeah and you know what i'm i'm pretty cool on, uh, on the notion of being fired up by something a quarterback says I, I just go out there and perform just go out there and play I'm not buying, I'm not buying into, I'm not buying into the bravado. Yeah. Just go out there. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me what you're going to do, what you can do. Show me. And I think that's what everyone wants. And people are just, you know, hoping to see some excitement now. And the Broncos are releasing some videos of working out and people are getting excited about that. People, I I swear. I mean, these are breadcrumbs. (laughs) Yeah. 
people people are just are 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 so famished that a, a breadcrumbs get thrown on the floor and people are pouncing on them left and right. It's it's a workout. They're, they're not practicing even offense against defense. Let's get to next week where you're actually doing some fun, some actual competition in practice. Then and, and then we'll see. Oh, man, when I saw the way people were just reacting yesterday, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, this is where I think the uh, even though it has been, it, it has kept me employed for a, a good while. This is where I think the 12 month uh, cycle of football trying to make this thing 12 months when you only have when you only have four months worth of regular season action, this is too much. People, people need to step back a little bit here. This is crazy. Well, let's see. Let's see what Casper says. He says, fellas, what UDFA should we keep an eye on that could make the final 53 this year? Hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people like uh, Warren Jackson uh, yeah, out of, uh, out of Colorado state. Um, and there's a window for him to make it. He has to beat out Seth Williams or, or Tyree Cleveland uh, to stick. Um, I think, uh, I think Drew Himmelman, the tackle out of Illinois state, if he pushes, uh, if he put, if he pushes Calvin Anderson at tackle, then it's possible that he could sneak on to the uh, uh, sneak on to the 53. I mean, man, it's, it, it, it's tough. It's going to be tough this year uh, because the roster's in better shape than it has been in a long time. Yeah, that's a good point. A guy on the defensive at my defensive side to keep your mind on is Andre Mintz, the uh, pass rusher. He, he's a guy that uh, that I think has a good chance to make it out of all of these guys. And Mace, you said it. My favorite guy here is Warren Jackson out of CSU. Uh, I think he's on this. He's in the organization this year. It's just going to be so hard to make the 53 as a wide receiver this year. But I do think he's around the practice squad for sure. Yeah, I think so as well. The other, the other thing is uh, starting to kind of, uh, if you if you look at um, if you look at signing bonuses, that Mint's got the five thousand dollar bonus, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, who got the biggest bonus this year? You know, I don't remember that off the top of my head. Okay, I'm just looking it up here. That is typically a good indicator. That it that is usually a sign. Except of, uh, it, not everything, because as we said, Chris Harris Jr. only got two thousand dollars, and obviously we know what he became. Right, but that that shows that kind of if they had to, if they had if they had to uh, they had to get it. Okay, yeah, Mintz actually, my bad, got fifteen thousand. Nolan Laufenberg, ten ten thousand. Um, Curtis Robinson got ten thousand as a bonus. But if you go for the full guarantee, Andre Mintz got the biggest. Guarantee, got the biggest total guarantee because he got fifteen thousand as bonus and it's seventy thousand dollars salary guarantee. So that would tell you that they think it's possible that he can push, and it would make a lot of sense given, uh, given that you're not using Brett Baron Browning as an outside linebacker for now. He's going to be trained mostly as an inside backer. You got Jonathan Cooper there as well, but uh, um, Mince uh, Mince has a Mince and Cooper could be regarded almost as equals in terms of their competition to make the roster 
was going to say, it's not the first time in the past couple of years we've seen an undrafted guy uh, usurp a seventh-round pick. Uh, Philip Lindsay did that to uh, Dave Williams just a couple of years ago. Oh, yes, Dave Williams. Dave, good old Dave. <laughs> Count Locula, I know you find gents are all team anything it takes, but if you could protect five players from being commodified in a potential Aaron Rodgers deal, who would you safeguard? Love the count. Love this question. The count. Love it. Okay. I'm going with uh, that. That I, I'm, st- I'm st- not starting, but the name that just jumps out right away is Pat Sertan. I'm keeping him safe. The rookie. He hasn't played a single snap in the NFL yet. He is going to be safe with me. Maybe of course, the Alabama guy. Uh, of course. Of course. Maybe I just go with Jerry Judy as well. Um, along with Pat Sertan. I'm going Bradley Chubb as well. Um, I'm going. Uh, oh man, this is this is tough now. I mean, I definitely I am gonna go wide receiver. I'm just not sure. Mace, do I'll just stick with my Alabama guy. I'll go Jerry Judy. Ah, do you agree with those three so far, Mace? Um, as I think about it, I'm not sure anybody is untouchable for me. Yes, yes, but the count's acknowledging that. So yeah. if you just get five guys to keep safe, who would it be? Um, because I agree with you. No one is untouchable for me. I would start with Garrett Bowles. And the reason wow. why I would start there is if I'm trading for Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to trade somebody whose primary job is to protect that massive investment in the quarterback position. Fair. So Bowles is at the top of, of the untradeable list. Um, I would say I'm trying to think of guys because Justin Simmons is a fantastic player and someone you want to protect, but just the contract makes me think about that twice and same with Bowles as well. Yeah. And, um, and, and contracts come into play because how long can you, you know, how, how long can you get a player at team control? And that's why probably next on my list would be Jerry Judy, because you have three years of his contract, one more year of team control with a fifth year option. Yeah. You, uh, I would say, and I'd say Sertan probably is right there. Same reason, team control. And then same rationale. I would go with Noah Fant because, because, in part, Rogers hasn't had a tight end young and capable like Noah Fant in his career. And I think Rogers and Fant would do a lot of wonderful things together. And then, I mean, the fact, again, the, the fact that it's taking that I'm really pondering this sort of part of why there pretty much isn't anybody that I wouldn't inc- be willing to include in the deal. And Mace, I think this is a great exercise because it really yeah. showed me as well. Like, okay, yeah, you don't want to move on from these guys, but how many guys are there that that's tough to move on from? For me, not that many of breaking it down like this because I look and I say, wow, I feel really guilty not having uh, an, an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. And I look at the offensive side and if Garrett Bowles proves to be a $17 million tackle, then you keep him w- without a doubt. If he, if you know, he's going to live up to the contract, then, then he's one of your guys for sure. Outside of that though, Mace interior offensive line. We talked about it earlier in the pod. You have a lot of good depth that, yeah, you don't want to lose Dalton Reisner, but is it the worst thing in the world? 
Not really, because you have guys that you like to replace him. And then at right I mean, tackle, Mace, I mean, they just signed two guys. You're okay with losing those guys. I mean, the, the truth is, if you're going through this exercise and you're saying, who is relative, who, who's irreplaceable right now as far as this team for 2021? Um, because you, you drafted two safeties, but I think you don't expect either of them to be ready. They're, they're day three guys. So irreplaceable guys for this year, you're probably looking at for this year specifically Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Garrett Bolts. Yeah. Because the, the, the fall be, beyond those guys is so steep. Uh, Noah fan would be right there. Although you're intrigued by uh, Albert Okwebunam, he is coming off of the, of the ACL. So you don't want to go in relying on him and, uh, and every and the rest of that room is, you know, is blockers and guys who aren't really going to move the needle in terms of being a pass catching tight end. Right. Yeah. So the great question count. I absolutely love it. Next one coming in from Butch Cassidy. Fellas, great pod yesterday. Thank you. Quick takes and questions. Vic said he will flip a coin. Is totally just a grumpy old dad thinking he's funny. He knows who will get the first rep. And it's Drew. But he will put Teddy in with no hesitation on his first slip to light a fire under Drew. He is a tough love guy, and Drew better be ready. I'm not so sure about it. I think you're giving uh, Drew too much of the benefit of the doubt from Vic there. He goes on and says, did Josie Jewell look any faster this weekend, please? Well, we didn't actually get to see Josie Jewell. Uh, now, <laughs> you can see Josie in some of the hype videos that the Broncos are putting out, but Josie was not at rookie minicamp. That's what this what was this weekend, was just rookies uh, and, and some other younger guys. He says, can I get a Mike Purcell update? Macy, I got any Mike Purcell updates? I'd expect him back for the regular season. Yeah. I, I would oh, too. And, and some, some updates on some other players. Cortland Sutton is out there running around this week. He's not a hundred percent. And he said the plan is to be ready for training camp, but it, it I think it's interesting that he says, you know, that's the plan. Uh, so not a guarantee that he's back in full time for camp, but everything that we've seen from him looks pretty good right now. Mace. Yeah. just go ahead and uh, take your time. And th there's no Seriously. reason, no reason to rush him back. And if he's ready midway through training camp, that means he would have had uh, roughly 11 months post ACL injury to get back. And that's, and that should be enough. Free Philip Lindsay regarding my comment last week that with Teddy or lock, this team really should win nine games. The floor is technically zero wins or two or three with some crazy assumptions, but five wins really shouldn't happen on this team and management or this team is and management staff is in worse shape than we thought. We won five games last season. This year, there's an extra game. We had the second worst QB play in the entire NFL last year. We were all an almost historically injured team right up there with maybe two other teams last year. Uh, that wouldn't mean you're historically injured. It just means you have one of the most injuries of that year. And we had opt-outs and players missed due to COVID. Now, we should have made our defense better, and we should have had an easier schedule than we've had in a long time. For this team to only win five games, that means a lot has to go very wrong. In many cases, bad or worse than last year. And in some regards, it's almost impossible. COVID opt-outs won't really happen. How much worse QB play than you, can you get in the second worst in the league, et cetera? It's inconceivable to fans that we could have five wins instead of like seven or eight minimum when grace with the schedule because for things to go that wrong, it would be systemic. It would require Vic to be awful. Peyton's personnel decisions be bad or questionable. Young players like Judy and Fant look like busts. 
and veterans like Vaughn Fuller and Simmons to regress or be washed and have lots of injuries. Again, we have an extra game. We get off-season practice, which we lost last year. There's so many things in this team's favor that only five wins should be virtually impossible. This fan base would rightfully use, lose their minds and hearts if this team defies the odds and puts together another five-win season. The fingers crossed. And I quickly responded by saying, if they get five wins, blow it up. Mm. Boom. Mm, yeah, Mace. And here, here's the the one thing in free Philip Lindsay. I think you make great yeah. points. Uh, what I do disagree with is if the Broncos only win five game this the games this year, I don't think it reflects on George Payton. Yeah. Um, because George Payton, this is this is kind of a free year for him. Uh, he he doesn't get blamed now. You know, if Kyle Fuller, if everyone he signs looks bad, then yeah, we'll we'll put some blame on him. But he, for the most part, he's inheriting someone else's roster for this year we're going to see his stamp really be put on this organization not just team but organization next year in the year after that uh and i i think you make great points about why this team shouldn't win five games just mace the the one thing that i come back to uh in, in free philip Lindsay's argument of why it's not totally out of the question or how they could lo- only win five games is in in five or six games is if you have the second worst quarterback play in the league again, and the Broncos did not go out and make a big investment to change that. So it's not crazy to say that it would be something similar to that. And if that's the case, that's really the only way that, that I think the Broncos get anywhere close to that number or else you're right. They should be right around nine games, but I think expecting nine wins, you also have to factor in, you know, a significant jump in their quarterback play. One also here's something interesting football outsiders, does adjusted games lost metric and adjusted games lost metric, which is based on, of course, injuries, but also like how important injuries were, et cetera, in terms of the lineup. The Broncos last year for injuries only had the ninth most. And, and then, or the eighth most, pardon, or the ninth most and the eighth most in 2019. So they actually lost more games to injury in 2019 than they did in 2020. And is that worse than expect than, than average injury luck? Yes, but certainly it's probably it's it's not the worst and uh, it's not a historic level of injuries. It's just a, a bad year, a below average year, uh, rather than something that's that that's profoundly significant in terms of how many injuries uh, the Broncos happened uh, had. The other thing is, I, I know that uh, you mentioned free Philip Lindsay that, Hey, you're going to have off season work. So are the other 31 teams. They're going to get better too, with that off season work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a good point. And I also think it's a good point coming in from free Philip Lindsay, this team, I, I don't think there's any question. And we agree with you free Philip Lindsay that this team should be better than last year. Just a huge caveat to that is the quarterback situation. And we'll find out. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next one is a rant. Holy cow. This is long one coming in from true champ fan. 24 says my peoples without trying to carry on too long here. Here are my thoughts about the NFLPA and the James Hamilton injuries. I grew up in mining communities, my entire life, and I've seen the ugly side of strikes. Unions try to embolden workers to strike with promises of better compensation while trying to fight for better working conditions and higher safety standards. However, this often can lead to long periods of unrest when the union members can no longer receive health benefits or pay 
usually resulting in a significant loss of wages. Recently, my small town had a huge strike that lasted nearly three years at one of the local mines. The strike was due to an outdated bid system for miners trying to move up pay scales. The mine wanted to, to be able to hire qualified experienced workers. The union was against this. Long story short, the workers went on strike with the promise that their jobs were held until they came back by the union. The union actually could not keep their promise, and it resulted in an average yearly loss of around $65,000 per striker. Three years times 65000 You do the math. Holy cow. It says the NFLPA told players to skip camp and work out away from the facility, but ref- but refused to actually be held accountable. I fully support the Broncos not paying James and Hamilton. The union should be held accountable for any lost wages should come from their checkbooks. Smith and Foxworth would be less likely to push for these strikes, knowing injury payouts would be the NFLPA's problem in this instance. The NFLPA helped make the rules, yet refused to play by them. A typical problem with unions where I grew up. Sorry for the rant. True Chant Fan 24, I think it's a great perspective. It is a great perspective, and I think um, uh, this is part of uh, of the issue with this. The NFLPA is asking guys to you know to to roll the dice. Where is the backup for them? And the other thing also is, as we talked about yesterday, all the stuff that was coming up in CBA in the CBA negotiations last year. Why wasn't this an issue? Well, it wasn't an issue because uh, they didn't have uh, COVID come up and of course COVID showed that you could have a viable season without off-season work and so now it's like oh well we want to uh we want to use this going forward and I feel like uh the union is kind of cynically using the pandemic uh to try to to try to do something that maybe if it were that important would have come up in negotiations in 2019 in early 2020 when they're working on new CBA right yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, the union very much messed up on this one. It seems like. Yeah, I don't think they're doing right by, uh, by by the players here with this, and uh, I think it's it, and we saw around the league, not just in Denver, but around the league, you had uh, huge numbers of players returning yesterday. So I mean, it looks like it looks like this has been broken. But if it were that important, should have fought for it in the last negotiation. And oh, by the way, shouldn't have agreed to a ten-year, uh, yeah. CBA. That's another yeah. thing. I mean, uh, the, you you have a generational CBA here, so uh, better better get used to it. Hawkeye Bronco, fellas, I may have missed this, but with the Broncos terminating the game's contract, does that leave dead cap for the remaining years that he would have been under contract for? Thanks for the great pod. Go Broncos. Go DMVR. Yeah, Mace. How does this work financially with the with his contract being voided? Well, what it means is you can take what's left of the signing bonus and you can spread it over um, multiple years of the con uh, of the cap. So for example, um, if you do it after June one, that Which means is his designation, right? He is a post June one. He, he's a post June one cut. That means that assuming the Broncos don't owe him, uh, don't owe him anything going forward. Uh, any more of the of the big number that he had the, the 10 million dollar base salary then it's going to be possible for them to divide what's left over over multiple years and that means uh you can have say you can basically have uh, for example um six million dollars of a char- of charge on 2022 and then 
say seven million of charge of the, this year. What's or or what's left of that dead money? I, I think I miscalculated there a little bit. But right now, what we're looking at is potentially a six million dollar dead money hit in twenty twenty two. And so much less yes. than what his dead cap would have been, uh-huh. which was 19 this year, or even his cap hit, which was just 13 million. Yeah, his total cap hit will end up being, uh, if the Broncos if the Broncos don't owe him more money or can't reclaim the three million dollars of the prorate signing bonus on this year, uh, if they do try to reclaim that, they would cite the fact that he was injured away from the facility. Uh, if they then then if they can't reclaim that. And then basically what you're looking at here is they had an eight, they would have, if it's status quo, it's $17 million, 8 million count against the 2019 cap. And then 6 million could count against next year's cap. And then, and then you could only get by with maybe only $3 million on this year's cap. Now it's just kind of, you can take, you, you basically, you can take spare cap space from this year and apply it to next year. And so that's why, it's either going to hit you on this year's cap or it's going to hit you on next year's cap. But if you, if you defer a little bit to next year's cap, a little more perhaps than you would otherwise, then if you're making a move for Aaron Rodgers, you can easily take on the terms of that contract for this year and kick a little bit down the road to next year when it comes to Juwan James. The Broncos yeah, have some it, flexibility. They do. They do. And in terms of financially, yeah, yeah. The, it unfortunately it does help them. Next one from Jason, 17. October 21st, 2007. Me and my family were prepared to head down to Denver to watch the Denver Broncos versus Pittsburgh Steelers. My dad, an avid life lifelong diehard Steelers fan, was given four club-level tickets to see his team versus me and my brother's team face off. Me, being 10 years old, about to go to my first ever Broncos game. Then came the catastrophe. A sore throat hit me. My mom insisted I go to the doctor and found out I had strep throat. I sat home instead of club level seats as my dad and brothers watched the Broncos beat the Steelers 31 to 28. One of the worst days of my life. Anyways, how are y'all today? Oh man. Well, I mean, it should have been a little better, right? Since the Broncos got the win. You'd think, but you know what? If you're a kid and you're getting ready to go to a game and you're sick and can't go, you're not thinking about the result. You're thinking about the fact that you weren't there. It's true, man. That so, is such a bummer to miss a, uh, uh, to miss a club level game. You almost feel worse because they won because you missed out on, especially at the last second, it was a Jason right. Elam game winning field goal at the final gun. Oh, you feel man. like you missed on that because you were sick and you're just cursing the heavens and you're not in any way happy about the win. You're more mad because you didn't see it. When was Elam's last uh, last game with the Broncos? Uh, it was in December 2007 against the yeah. against the Vikings. I believe it was on December 30th of that year. Yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was his last season too. Mm-hmm. It was wow. the year where he he hit four game winning field goals. The Broncos Ooh, go what, seven. What a way to go out. The Broncos go seven and nine, and four of those seven wins are on Jason Elam walk offs. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I, basically, Jason Elam was what kept that team from being an absolute disaster in 07. And as it was, uh, at, even at seven and nine, that was a that was a, a team that, oh gosh, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to say too many bad things here, but that was a team that I just didn't enjoy being around at all. 
That was mm-hmm. a mis- that was a miserable team, and maybe it reflected a miserable leader at quarterback in Jay Cutler. I I can't wow. think of a team in, in my professional life. I can't think of a team that I that I enjoyed covering less. Well, maybe maybe 2017. That was that was a, just a dreadful year all around. <laughs> We've had a couple of those, but I I think I I think I I. I but there were some good personalities on that uh, team in, 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 in 17. And there were some in 07 as well, but I feel like the good personalities got drowned out by some of the others in 07. That was a very, that was a very painful year. I'd rather forget about that, uh, but I'd rather move on and tell you about hassle cattle company, bringing to you some damn good beef. And it's so damn good that you can get that beef at the DMVR bar. You can build yourself a hassle cattle company, Wagyu beef burger, get all the toppings you want. Although, you may find you don't need that many and because you don't want to dilute the flavor of the Hassel Cattle Company Blue Collar Wagyu beef. And what Blue Collar Wagyu means is that it's the best damn Wagyu beef that every man or woman can afford. They take their registered bulls and breed them in it with Angus cows, which yields that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. You can get the stuff from Hassel Cattle Company. You can get it in smoked sausage. New York Strip, Beef Bacon, Franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. They ship their beef all over the USA straight to your door. And if you want to get some of that right now, go to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use that code DNVR10 and get 10% off your order. And if you get that order $200, you're going to get free shipping. So remember, DNVR10 for 10% off and get the $200 you get free shipping. So think about it. If you get the 200 bucks in your order, you're going to save over, you're going to save at least $20 with the DMVR 10 code and then get free shipping. Basically it's like getting 20 or 25% off your order once you factor in the shipping. So make sure you check that out, save the cheap stuff for your in-laws when you're going to go gourmet for yourself, get some of that blue collar Wagyu from HassleCattleCompany.com. We promise you won't be disappointed. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. HassleCattleCompany.com. And use that code DMVR10 for 10% off and $200 worth of beef and get free shipping on it. All right, friends. We need to have a talk. You know how much we love you, but you've been letting us down lately. Yep, we said it. Our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we need you to change that. And they're offering a new code to everyone in order to change that. They're upping the ante so that you support them. You can save 25% off your first purchase when using the magical code DNVR25. And not only do we love Strava, but we pretty much run on it, but it also is infused with CBD, which helps with so many ailments. It's different for everyone. You can check out their reviews and we'll be blown away with people's stories about how Strava has helped them in so many different ways. Then they deliver straight to your door and you can also subscribe to them. After you use magical code DNVR25, subscribe and save 20% off every purchase for life. So head to StravaCoffee.com today and try out their delicious CBD infused coffee and use the code DNVR25 at checkout. And if you want to just try one cup at first, well, head over to the DNVR bar where you can get Strava on tap and try it out. Then try it out with using the magical code DNVR25. And then make sure to subscribe to get 20% off every single purchase after that over at Strava Craft Coffee. 
Also want to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds, a new partner that is a premier dispensary for you guys with hot deals to offer. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, just off Broadway and blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. And they've got some great deals going on this month, including 20% off all glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, 20% off CBN gummies, two for $25 on Koala and, Sol and Solace 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates and buy three, get one free for the entire store. And remember, all these amazing deals you can take advantage of and get the additional 20% off your entire purchase when you use that magical code DNBR20 at checkout. That's DNBR20 for 20% off. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping a delight. You can head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head over to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And when you make your purchase, like I said, use that code DNBR20 for 20% off your order. There's no better way to support DNVR than by supporting our partners. So get online and purchase or head on over to one of their four locations and get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase. That's DNVR20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase every time. Go to solacemeds.com. Let us know and when you head in there and tag us when you do. S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com and use that code DNVR20 for 20% off. All right, Mace, let's hop back into the comment section. Next one coming in from Mutiny27. With Teddy sitting out today and Drew being there day one with the boys, he should have the advantage going forward. To me, it makes no sense to try and win 10 games with Teddy and get stuck with a late-round draft pick. Sink or swim with Drew. This is the benefit of being in camp lock. Either we get Aaron or Drew wins the competition. That's like betting $1 on either team with DraftKings Sportsbook and winning $100. Win, win. It's not not if Drew wins the competition and he is only a, a lower mid-tier quarterback, which would be an improvement over last year. That's not winning $100. The other thing is it is not in any way, shape, or form, a big deal that Teddy Bridgewater is not there right now. People are overreacting to this. Uh, he's He's got some personal stuff that he's taking care of right now. He's going to be there next week uh, by all accounts. And you're not talking about anything but drills and going up against air. The fact that he is not there is incredibly insignificant. Don't get caught up in this in any way. And Oh, I because I, I, I hear people saying, oh, Drew's got to lead in the competition. This isn't part of the competition. This is basically a glorified walkthrough. Come on, people. You're losing your heads. <laughs> yeah, this is this isn't part of the competition yet. But Mace, let's let's talk about someone that someone else that isn't there from D Bronk. He says, Do you think George Payton is having some buyer's remorse on the Justin Simmons contract? The Broncos put out a video of George and Justin on the phone shortly after the deal got done, and Simmons was adamant that he was going to be a great leader and do everything he could to make the Broncos a winner. How disappointed do you think the Broncos are that Justin is currently boycotting the team while encouraging other teammates to do the same? Uh, if they're disappointed in, in him and this, and they feel like this would make them regret their move, then they're doing this wrong. Mm. So do you think they're disappointed at all that he's not there? I think there may be some slight disappointment, but if they, if you really think this is going to make a difference, uh, negatively for Justin Simmons, I think you're reading way too much into, into off season work with, uh, with no defense. If he's not there next week, then I think th there's reason to be disappointed right now. 
I don't think so. I don't think there's any reason to be disappointed in him. And uh, look, uh, yeah, he's one of the, he's a team leader, but if he's not there when it matters, then I think you're going to have some concerns right now. I don't think it, I, I don't think it makes a difference. I think this is a mountain out of a molehill. And you're in your mind, Mace, next week does matter. Next week does matter because that's where you're talking about offense versus defense. You're actually really getting into the guts of OTAs. And the, and the bottom line is when you're talking about cut, cutting OTAs, I think if you told the union leadership right now that they would cut phases one and two and just distill it down to phase three, which is where you, st- you have traditional practices, offense versus defense, uh, one-on-one drills, et cetera, that they would take it. That that's where it starts to matter. What's happened the last few weeks, it's it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, Mace. Now it will be interesting to see if Justin comes next week. Now I don't think George Payton's having buyer's remorse on the Justin Simmons contract. I do think that there's probably some disappointment that he's not there, especially with so many other players showing up. But like you said, Mace, next week is the yeah, big next one. week is it's big and uh, that's where again that's where you're gonna see some frustration but i don't think you get that right now nor should you I, again I, this is part part of the 12 part of the 12 month nfl cycle is that for better or for worse we're making a big deal out of things that in the grand scheme of things aren't a big deal yeah. yes exactly mace next yeah. one's count locula asked do teams ever find centers that can also long snap and save themselves a roster spot in the 53. If not, why love the count? They used to Zach. I mean, you, you, you go, yeah, you go back to point. when there were smaller game day rosters in the seventies and the eighties. And quite often the long snapper was your center. Sometimes a tight end, somebody who was actually playing. Now, as it became more specialized, you saw teams uh, kind of, get away from get away from this and but to this day usually your backup emergency long snapper in a game for mo- for some teams as a tight end for a lot of teams it's the center who is the backup I, why aren't just centers naturally the long snapper uh because it's it's so specialized and uh, it's yeah i think what happened was um you go back decades and if you had a center who could do shotgun but uh, then we're asking him to do special teams. Sometimes the distance was a little bit off and it was a little bit in, and it could be inconsistent. And the other thing is as, as rosters expanded, you didn't want to leave the long snap to chance. And it became something where it developed into more of a specialization. And you had, and, and it start, actually started with some tight ends. You had uh, some guys starting back in tight ends and O-linemen. You, you had backups uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s who really started to be proficient at it. I remember one guy, uh, the late Dan Turk. Um, he wasn't a tight end. He was an interior offensive lineman for Tampa Bay and then played for some other teams. And he wasn't, what happened was, he wasn't going to start. And then you had these guys who were kind of clear backups uh, on the O-line or at tight end. They weren't going to play a lot, but they found out that this was a way to keep themselves viable and in the NFL. So it, it kind of first evolved from something where just a center did it on the, did it as well. 
as being the center on offense to where it became a backup offensive lineman or tight end handling that role. And then it evolved further to where it was strictly a specialist rather than somebody who also was a backup at another position. It was kind of, it kind of went on a, 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 it kind of went through a gradual evolution from just your center doing it to where it became a specialist. Yeah. That it's just, it's just crazy that that is a specialist position. And like, I would think like guys like Casey Kreider would it be backup centers, but no, they're nothing. They're, they're truly just a long snapper. Yeah, they, they truly are. And I mean, really for the Broncos, you have to go back to Mike Leach in the two thousands uh, for somebody who was viable and other position, but even then he couldn't really get on the field as a tight end. He, he longed for it. He practiced at tight end. He practiced at H uh, back on a, occasion but he never got that opportunity in the game he also Mike yeah. Leach was a college punter believe it or not so he went uh, at William and Mary so he went from fielding the snaps in college to making the snaps in the, in the pros <laughs> how about that that's pretty cool next one coming in from Ohio Bronco Alex he says shout out to the DNVR boys Make sure you subscribe today. I subscribed this week. It costs $60 for the year. And DNVR sent me a $30 t-shirt for free. You get $30 right back just by subscribing. Help the fam out. They work hard each and every day for us. Thank you so much, Ohio Bronco. Really appreciate that. And you're exactly right. We give you uh, half the money back in the form of a shirt. He says, boys, I'm starting to lose a little hope on Aaron Rodgers. Adam Schefter had zero sources on Rodgers wanting to be traded. Essentially, Rodgers wanting wanting out is Adam's opinion. What are your thoughts? Mm. I think uh, Adam Schefter just simply isn't going to reveal what he knows and uh, who's telling him the information. So I think I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't impugn Adam Schefter in the way you are Ohio Bronco LX. So and, Mace, where are you right now? Then where is your confidence meter? Uh, I don't think, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is, I wouldn't say, I don't want to put a confidence meter on it. I would say, I think Aaron Rodgers has played his last game as a Packer. Um, mm. The question is, it's all about the Packers being willing to trade him and, and then what offer they get. If they get, again, if they get stubborn, he's not going anywhere. Well, it starts there. It starts with the Packers accepting that he's not there. Now we open up with uh, the notion the Packers want a quarterback back in a trade tells you that, okay, they may be pretty far down the road, accepting that he's going to be traded. And then it's a question of where, but um, I am, I would say I am more confident than most people that most uh, of, of Broncos fans regarding this. So what were you at? You were at 65 last week, 60%. Yeah. He'd be I'm, a Bronco. Yeah. I'm still, that's, I, I still haven't really changed. Yeah. I'm still at and 60. And I was at 80 last week, Mace. I have come down this week because of just all of the reports, people saying that they do think it's fixable between them. I'm now at about 50-50 that, that he'll be a Bronco, which still is pretty good considering he's not on the Broncos right now. But uh, I have come down a little bit on that. But still, I, I still think there's a very good chance it happens. Yeah, I think, uh, again, it's sort of like uh, Bronco offseason uh, hype videos. I feel like we're overreacting to breadcrumbs. <laughs> fair, fair. I hope we're overreacting. It's, and I, I saw it last night. Like I, I did uh, some fish in the air fryer last night and I had some crumbs on the fish that were left. 
uh, on my plate, it, 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 a fair amount, but uh, there's not all the fish was gone. And I put the plate with the breadcrumbs down on the floor and both of my dogs just pounced on it. And I, and I saw that and I'm like, I feel like that is what people are in the off season when you're pouncing on a, a, bre- a, a breadcrumb of a report <laughs> or just a, a speculation or a breadcrumb of a hype video that has been, uh, that has been kind of edited and dissected and, uh, and kind of polished to, to a fine sheen. It's, it's, it's part of why, again, this is why I wish there was an off season developmental league because I'd rather be talking about actual football than all of this. <laughs> yes, I agree with that one. Mace, next one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, I know the Detroit Lions have the lovable loser, perennial underdog aura about them, but there's got to be one guy that was a pain in the backside, but wouldn't have, but would have been dope on your team. Who is it? You know, Count Lockhill actually gives the uh, the answer in Indomitian Sue. And I mean, I couldn't I couldn't stand him. I thought he was a dirty player, but there he is. On, but I knew that sometimes you need a little bit of that snarling badass, and that's uh, that's Indomitian Sue. So he's the guy that jumps out. I'll say this: I respected Barry Sanders and thought he was a great player, but man, when he went against the Bucks, I hated it. It was just every game was torture. <laughs> and if you go back, there was, I think a Cadillac commercial in the 1990s and it showed Barry Sanders' runs. And I swear like half of that commercial was runs against Tampa Bay. And I just, every time it came on, I wanted to scream. <laughs> and that's why oh, wow. when the Bronx, when the Bucks, pardon me, beat the lions in the 1997 wildcard playoff and did so by shutting down Barry Sanders. It was glorious it, because you went into that game thinking, oh crap, Barry's going to have like an 80 yard run and like he always does. And he's going to break our back. And you kept waiting for that moment. It didn't happen because the Bucks defense, you know, basically uh, was like water pouring out of a fire hose that day. Um, also interesting note, a player for the lions that day lost that game. Matt Russell, the recently retired uh, right hand to John Elway. Wow, that's something. That is crazy. And yeah, I, I, it also tells me, man, Matt Russell retiring in in his late forties. Oh man, that, that's got to be the life right there. Oh, certainly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think Indomitian Sue is hard to beat on this one. I'd like to go another direction, but I mean, you can't, he's, you know, a dirty player. Uh, and that's someone that's easy to not like, but if he is on your team, Mace, he, d- he does bring that attitude that you want on the defensive line. Yep. That's very, very true. Hip, hip, you're Greetings fellas. Real quick. Just want to say earlier this week, I re up my subscription to DMVR. You got me again. Hey, let's go. Back. Thanks for all this company does and keeping the vibes immaculate for all Denver sports. Glad to be a part of this community. Can I get an emphatic 75? Yes, you can. Haven't commented in a while. And after listening to yesterday's pod, I'm a little more assured about this year's upcoming draft class on draft nights. I felt like a kid who just lost his ice cream cone on a hot summer day. I cried as I stared at the cone for the fact that we got Sertan and not Justin Fields. And I throw the cone on the ground after we traded up to get Williams. <laughs> and I came to my senses and realized that I had a pint of Ben and Jerry's at home and not all was wrong with the world. I think the moves were good with hindsight as these seems to be players have a good mix of contribute now along with develop into the future. I'm optimistic moving forward with my pint of Ben and Jerry's 
go DNVR, Iceman, Avalanche, Nuggets, and Broncos. That's a good way of putting it. And that's why I think it's key to note that any critique has to be about kind of the value of the position and, and the value of standing power trading down and not of the player because Sertan in a vacuum is not only a very defensible choice, but I think a very sensible and successful choice at number nine. It's just uh, with all the questions about quarterback, it's fair to have a critique. Yeah, and I think that's why you have to separate the pick versus the player. I think you can talk about, was it the right choice to pass on a quarterback when you talk about the pick, but the player, there's obviously no question about Patrick Sertan. Uh, and and Hip Hip Uray, one of the things that, well, I love your analogy, by the way, and one of the things that I love the Broncos did on day three was they didn't go for just special teamers. They went get for guys with high upside that can also be special teamers, but one or two of those guys will probably pan out into being a, uh, a starter for you for the long haul. And if that's the case, because all of those guys have the ceilings of that, if one or two of those guys hits, then your day three was worth it. Yeah, exactly. Next one coming in from pig tosser 66. Looks like Vic won't have to flip a coin after all. I I get it's only OTAs, fellas, and 100% understand that some things are bigger than work and just have to be taken care of. So it might not be fair, but what is your take on Teddy not showing up for the first day of on-field work? A guy that desperately wanted out of his former situation and his had his sights set on Denver because he thought he could beat the incumbent quarterback for the starting job. Whether it's excused or not, it doesn't look all that good. Unless it was a last-minute emergency, I would have done everything possible to get to Denver and start winning the job. Do you guys know what was up i'm sure you addressed it but i had to comment on it yeah like i said something is it's in his personal life and it's a perfectly it's a perfectly valid reason and you know what i mean i i can't i i you know i don't think we can get into any further right now i mean it's for that's for teddy to do but from what i from what i know of it everything is fine and this is not something that should in any way affect his viability and should reflect and, and it definitely should not reflect poorly on him. So um, uh, no offense, pick tosser 66, but uh, I think, I think you're dead wrong on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that this, uh, that this impacts him or looks negatively at all. I can see from, from your standpoint though, how you wouldn't like the look of this, but this is voluntary. This is, this isn't even OTAs pig tosser OTAs is technically when there's actually practicing what, what it's called. It's called OTA because it's more of a practice that, than what they're doing this week, this week, it's more of uh you know, walkthroughs and, and just doing individual stuff at more of a full speed. So it's, it's not that important. Uh, and Teddy, you'll be here next week and everyone will, will forget that he missed this week. Yeah. And if he wants to talk about the reason why he's not there, I th- I'm sure he will. And uh, you know what it's, and, and at that point, I think it'll be considered a, a non-issue by everyone who thinks it's an issue right now. And last one coming in from Swede. Hey Kings. I like the idea of the Broncos looking for more perspective and different ideas with the hire of Kelly Klein, best person for the job, no matter who it is. I'd like to address a potential issue. People may bring up with this hire saying that she didn't play the game. So she may not have the greatest traits, athletic abilities, etc. 
I think of my time in 4-H and FFA programs, learning how to judge the quality of an animal, looking for sound bone structure, how it walks and the frame is filled and how the frame is filled out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe at one time I was capable of saying that moo and type and typing with hooves. So even though I never lived as a cow, I still know what to look for. I don't care if Kelly never played as long as she has a good eye for talent. That's all that matters. Have a good one. Uh, and yeah, sweet. I, I totally agree. I don't think that, uh, and you know, it obviously she didn't play it at the college level because she's, uh, you know, a female, but Mace, a lot of these guys didn't play, uh, in the NFL or at the college level. Now I'd imagine pretty much every coach would have played football at some point in their life, but there's a big difference between playing in high school and, and, you know, knowing what to evaluate in college. So I'm right there with you, Shweed. They, I don't think there's uh, I don't think that's an issue at all. Yeah, it's not an issue at all. And I think one of the things that's really interesting, something Mike Cliss reported yesterday is that uh, she's going to have some departments reporting directly to her, the equipment staff, and the video department, as in like the football video, are going to go directly to her. So she's going to have a couple of departments under her watch in addition to uh, the stuff that's good, that she's going to be involved with on the scouting end of it. So um, I think she, I, I think uh, they're going to put a lot on her plate, and uh, uh, we'll we'll see how she does. It's it's a like it would be for uh, anyone else. It's going to be a level jump for her, and. Uh, I hope that she does well and she can make this level jump and we'll find out. But George Payton has a, a lot of confidence in her. A lot of people speak very highly of her and uh, certainly she's uh, she's more than qualified to deserve this uh, step up. And uh, kind of like George Payton was more than qualified to deserve uh, the step up to be the Broncos general manager. And uh, now we start finding out how they do. Now that being said, I think another big thing here, is uh, it's George Payton putting a stamp on the organization. We addressed it earlier in the podcast. Uh, what if the Broncos uh, only win five games? Well, then I think Payton would go forward and uh, make some pretty significant changes to coaching and the player roster. It would truly be his show. Um, no matter what happens this year, I think you're going to see over the next 12 months, whether it's a uh, scouting department moves or uh, the roster, Peyton put more of his stamp on the Bronco organization. It's part of what you do when you become the GM. Yeah, exactly. And, and I expect that to happen as well. And it's, it's awesome that, that he went and hired someone that he really likes and really trusts because that's his right hand as of right now, Mason. So uh, I absolutely love it. And the, the awesome thing is may she really could end up being the first mm. female general manager in the NFL. She graduated from college in 2013. So not only is she this high up, but she's also so young still. So she could be a general manager before she's 40. That wouldn't be crazy at all. And if that happens, Mace, it means really good things for the Broncos because it means the Broncos have brought in some really good players and had a successful department with her just right under George Payton. So I absolutely love that idea. And I absolutely love our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. We've had several DNBR listeners switch to Green Mountain Dental over the years and made them their permanent family dentistry. And they've come back to us and said just how much they've loved their experience over at Green Mountain Dental because Green Mountain Dental treats them like family and also 
they're Colorado sports fans. So you go there and you get to talk all Colorado sports and boy, now is the time to go there. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get set up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at green mountain dental, they're only a 15 minute drive from downtown Denver. And remember the first step to good health is taking care of your mouth and your teeth. So not only do you do that by going over to green mountain dental, but then you do it the rest of the year because you got to free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And remember, supporting our partners is supporting us. So please check them out. When you do, let us know when you go there. We'd love to hear your experience. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on this Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going live on YouTube right around 10. So make sure to tune in with us. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Thursday. Thanks for tuning in with us. One last